Welcome in to Through the Gears betting preview show powered by Front Stretch. I'm your host, Derek Yoder. Joined to preview the United Rentals 500 post-practice and qualifying is Zach, a.k.a. Highline Betting on Twitter. And Zach, before we dive into handicapping this race at Phoenix, let's first look back at Vegas, and I'll let you take a victory lap anywhere you want to go. I was unfortunately one of those guys that had Larson, so I lost. Um, I, I, I came about even on the day. I did have Larson versus Kyle Busch heavily invested, uh, I think like four and a half units. So that was a nice hit, kind of broke me even. Um, I did have Byron High in my model, but I did not bet him. So lesson learned. Uh, I always try to learn, even if I win, I'm still trying to learn. Like, what did I miss? Like, California week I won, but I didn't bet. I didn't double down on Kyle Bush as the race was going on. And that was my problem there. Well, like you said, as long as we can learn at each event that we are uh, handicapping, the better we will be throughout the season. I know, like you said, that caution at the end where Eric Almirola got into the wall, literally touched the wall, and the people up in the tower, NASCAR's tower, they they were on it. They hit that button. It changed so many things for so many people. Uh, I know some were happy, some were upset, but uh, nonetheless, we were able to provide last week on the show uh, great information for the majority of the public that Great things that came out of it, a lot of conversations. So thanks again for joining me last week. I'm really looking forward to handicapping this week, and I'm going to let you start it off. Where do you want to get kicked off this week uh, post-practice and qualifying? Uh, first, thanks for having me, and uh, I'll just address the elephant is Kyle Larson. Just dominated practice, dominated qualifying. Um, the books had some issues and left open. So I think everyone has a Kyle Larson plus 900 ticket just because everyone was able to get it. So I'm not really going to talk about that much more because, I mean, if you're looking to bet Kyle Larson, he has the best speed, the best everything right now um, going into Mm -hmm. this race. But the number, it was plus 900, and I think it's like plus 400 now. So the number is just not there anymore. Um, Right. Down the four to one. So anybody that is not currently invested in Kyle Larson, do you recommend, hey, get on that number at four to one, even though it's a lower number? You didn't beat the market, obviously, at an opening from nine to one, now down to four to one. Do you still recommend anybody get invested in that? Or is there a different market with Kyle Larson you would recommend? Um, I would say on the four to one, I would wait to live bet him. Um, I don't think it will move that much in, within like the first 20 to 30 laps. So you might as well wait and see. You know, make sure everything works. Everything's going good for them. No mechanical issue early on. So I would I would wait or um, not for me, but for someone else. If you have another bet that day tomorrow that you like a lot, maybe parlay it with a Larson win. Um, that's another way to get exposure. <clears throat> I don't have a, a way I was thinking of doing it today is I don't have Blaney or Logano exposure at the moment. Mm-hmm. I was going to parlay them with Kyle Busch in the Xfinity race today. Um, okay. But once he broke in practice, I, I threw out that idea, but that like, that's a way when you don't like the odds, that's a way to get a good number. Right. Yeah. Nope. I absolutely agree. And especially for some of those guys that you weren't on, we touched on Kyle Larson. We said already that, Hey, that number from nine to one, now down to four to one, you missed it. You missed it. Uh, maybe like you recommend, maybe parlay it with something else, do a cross sport parlay uh, or look elsewhere uh, because there's a lot of good opportunity throughout the markets. And we'll touch on a few of those drivers, but I do want to touch on first 
Ryan Blaney and Joey Logano, two names that came in also as uh, co-favorites right in that top three threshold. So what's your outlook on them now post-practice and qualifying? Um, now, I, like I said, I don't always believe the model, but they are one, two in the model. And it's Ryan Blaney by a lot as the number one overall guy in my model. Uh, Larson's three. Um, but again, like he, he just has a rocket ship and, and I don't bet the model. It's more of a framework and a guidance for me. Okay. So your model's telling you that Ryan Blaney would be, uh, the play based off your model, Ryan Blaney right now going off about eight to one, nine to one. Uh, I think FanDuel even hung a seven to one. So there's definitely value out there. If you have the ability to shop that around, do so. So Ryan Blaney, what did you like about Ryan Blaney, especially coming in? Did you look at anything last year at 2022? Obviously this is a new downforce package, low downforce package in the cup series. A lot of talk has been about that. Uh, what did you like about Ryan Blaney coming in? Um, he just at the track history portion of my model. Um, so I use driver average, historical finish, flat, fast laps, lead laps, green flag speed, top three, top five, top seven, top 10 laps. Like, so your percentage of laps in the top 10, top three, uh, he's won in every single one of those categories for, uh, Can't track hate history. That. yeah. Um, unfortunately the, the area I don't like him and it's the common theme with Ryan Blaney is he is 20th in a four tire pit stop ranking and i think tomorrow the pit stops are going to matter mm -hmm. um i, I just he, he has too many issues for me to bet him at eight to one if i could get mm -hmm. maybe a 12 I, I would look at that um he's starting eighth uh logano also didn't qualify what that great he's 16th i, I just i can't get a good the, the model loves him but i don't how about that that, that works. That's why we make the model, right? Because you're trying to uh, verify not only what you see with your eyeballs, but what you see on the data aspect as well. So you touched on pit stops and, and pit selection and all that all come into play. We're going to talk about restarts as well in a little bit because that's a variable, especially at Phoenix, where I think although Kyle Larson is at four to one currently, there is value on other guys because that restart zone is so unique than anywhere else we really go. What other short track? I know it's a mile, so it's maybe considered an intermediate most people call it a short track for phoenix but what other place can you go to where right out of the gate when the when the uh restart zone uh when the drivers hit that zone you can go five wide for the lead and it's it or even mid-pack so i think those are interesting variables do you want to touch on anything else when it comes to pit stops um not with pit stops I, i'll just say like i, I it's like a, a tiebreaker in my model i, I don't weigh it that much but it, it's there. I, a lot of the SHR crews are up top. Um, I think they have uh, Briscoe's one, Byron's two, uh, Priest is up there, Harvick's up there, so, and Kyle Busch has the fourth. Um, I think exactly where I was going to go next was SHR. You touched on them as we're talking about the Ford camp right now. A lot of conversations coming into the week. I know on the Wednesday NASCAR betting preview show on Twitter spaces, it was SHR heavy. There have been a lot of conversations throughout the week about Stuart Haas racing as well. Now we get to qualifying in practice and those guys for the majority are no shows. What is your take on that group as a whole? Um, I, I would I like Harvick on the long run. Let me for let me do this. So what I'm thinking for this race under this new package 
is that it's going to be a lot like a Richmond race. So I'm relying okay. heavily on last year's Richmond data. I, I don't think they've fixed the so, car. So last year, yep. I, I think they just fixed getting the tires to wear out a little easier. You're comparing it then. You're taking some of those uh, hot Richmond, obviously being a high tire wear track. And with this low downforce package, definitely making the rear end of the cars a little bit more loose. Uh, driver conversation has been, we got to get the right rear to kind of connect, got to get it to drive uh, off the corner and through the corner a little bit better. So you're thinking that maybe tire wear is going to be a little bit more of a factor this week than what most people maybe have talked about. Yeah. And that puts me right on Harvick. Um, he finished second and first last year at Richmond. Um, he was fast. He had a good driver rating. Um, I, I know people won a lot of money on him. There was like a, a, an error last year on him in the Richmond race. I think it was like plus 120. Um, but when you finish second and first at a tire wear track, and I think tire wear is going to be the issue this week. Um, like Harry said in Days of Thunder, tires win races. I don't disagree with you, Zach. I really don't. I do believe tires are going to be a major factor. We just saw it in the Xfinity race as well. Now, I know they were limited with their tires in how many uh, tire sets NASCAR gives them, and you definitely saw some of those strategies come into play where guys that did have fresher tires made a large impact. So I can't wait to see how that plays out on Sunday for these cars. They do have 18-inch wheels, a little bit larger than the other series. And we've seen, and the conversations have been, that the tire wear has been less. But I do believe with you that we will see tire wear be uh, more of a factor. On Sunday, the weather in Phoenix uh, at the track is going to be hot and sunny. We've not seen those conditions yet. So I anticipate a lot of the sun beating down. Now, anything can change, but uh, what the weather forecast is, and that's going to play a major factor into the handling. Uh, because on Friday, when the guys, the Cup Series practiced, they had full overcast, cooler conditions. So it's going to make some of these cars that maybe were good, not as good. And I want to kind of transition now to the TRD camp, the Joe Gibbs 2311. I want to move into that camp because I think those cars have really good long run speed. And, and we're starting to see different groups now uh, through the Twitter uh, gambling community kind of talk about this. Wanted to get your thoughts on uh, JGR and 2311. Um, I've already I'm on Denny and I'm on Martin Truex Jr. also um, just based. Like I said, I'm, I'm using that Richmond data as a baseline. Uh, Denny finished first and fourth. Uh, Martin Truex, fourth and seventh. And Christopher Bell, sixth and second. Um, I don't have Bell. That's more of just a number of things right now. Um, I just I think he's nine to one. If I could get him ten to one or, or up to twelve, I would definitely like that. I think at nine, I'm going to hold off. I think Reddick. Um, he wasn't good at Richmond last year, and I feel like Reddick had a lot of tire issues last year. So I don't know if he burns them off too quick, and that might be his issue. Uh, maybe on a short run, he's fast. Maybe at the end of the race, if we get a late caution, he could, you know, win. But if, if it's a long run, I, I don't think I would like Tyler Reddick. Okay, so let's stay with Reddick then, because obviously he went from the 8 RCR car to now the 45 at 2311. Do you still look at those uh, statistics the same and data points for the same from last year, even though he was in a different car, different make? Or do you like, how do you apply that into your handicapping process? I have a car ranking that I use. Um, so I have the, the eight actually higher 
than like uh, Tyler Reddick's ability. So I think Kyle Busch can make the eight better. And it was a good car last year. So yeah. I also like Kyle Busch, um, the top five, top 10. I, I don't think he'll win, but I think he'll, mm-hmm. he'll be at the back half of the top 10. Yeah. Well, uh, to kind of touch on the JGR stuff, some of those odds that you were talking about right now, you can get Denny Hamlin, Christopher Bell, 10 to one, uh, make sure you shop around and find those prices. Uh, and then Martin Truex, he's hanging around 15 to one, 12 to one. I see in some markets. So if you can grab that 15 to one, which I found on DraftKings, that's the place I would say to go for that. And then Tyler Reddick, I got on him, uh, pre-practice and qualifying at 25 to one right now. He's going off at 20 to one. So definitely a number uh, to grab there. I know there's some talk about Bubba Wallace, uh, he's actually had a better start to the year. He finished last year strong, uh, albeit that he had that suspension. What's your take on Bubba Wallace? If anybody's like, hey, I want to get invested with him anywhere, if at all. I have him uh, just outside the top 10 in 12th. Um, and, and the model tightens up in that area. You know, the further I go down the list, you know, if we get into the 20s and 30s, it's real tight. Um, I, I don't really play DFS or bet. I, I might bet a top 10 here or there. So I really focus on getting the top 10 right. Um, I don't really yeah. put much effort into the lower guys. Yeah, I, I like that. So now looking at the props market, if you will, that's head to heads, top threes, fives, tens, uh, anywhere you want to go with any of those, we can go uh, to any location you want. Uh, I didn't know if something popped off that maybe is available for the market or the people out there to go look at. Yeah, I, I still like, I think I gave this one out on Wednesday. I still like Amarola over Priest, minus 120 on uh, Betfred. Um, yep. Amarola, he's just, it's just an experience thing. Um, Priest is still learning the new car. Um, he, he was not that good in practice. I think he was in the 30s or high mm-hmm. 20s. Uh, Amarola yep. is in the, the high teens. So 10 spaces right there. I, I just think all that with Amarola would make a lot lot of sense and it's not that much yeah. juice no I, I i like that call out uh, i definitely do again two teammates shr so you know they got equal stuff and yeah from a talent standpoint right now in their careers eric almarola with having the the opportunity to have this car uh for 36 races last year and obviously a few this year versus Priest, who just jumped in it this year, definitely give him a huge advantage there. And what Brian Murphy of Stuart House Racing, who I do the All Things Go podcast with, is he says he looks at Ryan Priest as a rookie because, again, he's just not been able to have that experience in this car. And I think to your point there, Zach, with Eric Almirola over that at Betfred, I think that is good play. Where do you want to go next? I have a top 10 that I, I, I like a lot. Um, Let's do it. Again, using the Richmond data. Uh, this gentleman finished 15th at the first race, but third in the second race. And that's why I like Christopher Busher plus 430 for a top 10 at FanDuel. Um, I think I that's like a real, that. yeah, I think that's a real good number. Um, mm-hmm. Also, I would say if you can get Chris Busher like matched up against someone that's like at his level. Um, mm-hmm. So like, cause I, I would take Busher over Kozlowski, uh, Almondinger. Ty Gibbs, Suarez, Dylan, Bart, like anyone in that range, um, he, do you think they're going to finish in the late teens? I would put mm-hmm. Christopher Busher above him. I think he's going to finish either in the top 10 or right outside the top 10. Okay. So how about this? Let's match him up against Eric Almarola. I know, uh, bet MGM listed that as a matchup, uh, earlier than, uh, you know, to practice and qualifying. What if they hung that again, uh, where Chris Busher was, uh, uh, plus 115 in that matchup. You like that side? 
Oh yeah, yeah. I was gonna, as yeah. long as it's even money, I would go with Busher. Okay, okay, yep. And and obviously won at Bristol, so has success there. Uh, and you know, in the short track realm, coming off a win not too long ago, even though it was 2022, his uh, owner teammate uh, Brad Keselowski tested this package in January at the track test at Phoenix. So they they have a little bit of an upper hand as well coming. Obviously, we saw that from Brad, uh, where he came in, qualified top five, so he's ready to go. Uh, are you getting in anywhere with him at all? Are you looking for any uh, betting edge or betting opportunities uh, with Brad Keselowski this week? No, nah, nothing with Brad. Um, he's pretty low in my model. He's almost in the ninth. He's in 19th. Uh, I know he starts fourth, but I could see him just sliding back. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I think – if they have equal cars, I think Busher's better than him. Yeah. Okay. So then that 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 concludes then the RFK conversation, and, and we touched on Chevy a little bit, and I want to go back to them because we didn't get to talk about HMS as the whole. Obviously, Kyle Larson and what he was able to do during the sessions yesterday on Friday and today in qualifying uh, were you know far above anybody else. So. Uh, William Byron won last week's race at Las Vegas. We all know what happened to Chase Elliott. We hope he gets better soon. Hope to see him at the track. He is a very vital individual that is needed for the sport, uh, but that's going to be many weeks down the road. So Josh Berry's filling in for him. And then you have Alex Bowman in the 48 car hometown kid, uh, but has not had great success. All at the track. However, this year in 2023 is one of two drivers to have a top 10 in every single race. So what is your betting outlook on HMS as a whole? Yeah, besides Larson, uh, I would like Byron. Um, I, I would say he's second in line. Um, I, I would have him, if you if I had a head-to-head of him and Bowman, I would take Byron probably up to like minus 125. Um, I, I just, I, I'm not, I, he qualified 18th, so I'm sure he's going to move forward. But I'm talking, win, I don't think he can win the race. I mean, okay. outside chance of top 10, um, he, he's only one spot ahead of Chris Buescher in my model. Okay. Okay. And you're a lot more higher on Chris Busher this week coming in than you are uh, with a- uh, Alex Bowman. So I think that says a lot there. And you touched on William Byron starting third. Let me run through the top 10, actually. I didn't get to do that yet. So Kyle Larson, who we've documented a whole lot this today already, starts on the pole. Denny Hamlin on his outside. Third and fourth go like this. William Byron, Brad Keselowski, Chris Bell in fifth. On his outside, Ross Chastain, and I'm going to stop there in sixth for a second with Ross Chastain. Books reopened him at 16 to 1, 15 to 1 now is kind of where he settled. The dude is starting sixth. We know he's not maybe a great qualifier, but we know him and that team are great racing. Uh, they are great racers. They they really turn it on for the racing element. Are you buying that number? No. Um, no. Him and Suarez were both terrible in practice. Uh, terrible okay. for them. Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. I don't expect Ross to be 15th overall, 26th in the one lap, 29th in the five lap. I mean, that is just so that like usually if if I'm looking at teammates and one's good and one's bad, then I might say, OK, they can fix it. But when both are bad, um, Suarez was 21st in practice. Now, he did look to have some long run speed. I, I might even trust him more at this time to Chastain. I don't know what's going on with Chastain. 
Okay. So uh, maybe hold off. Your opinion is hold off on uh, those numbers. I actually invested uh, in Ross Chastain at 16 to one, just because for me, my buy number for him is 15 to one. I know he's going to race better. Uh, Mm -hmm. So we'll see what happens when it comes to the race. Obviously you gave out some of those statistics for practice. I'm going to continue with the uh, top 10. So seventh, we have Michael McDowell, who we haven't seen in the top 10 qualifying quite some time. So be curious to get your thoughts on him in a second. Then Ryan Blaney in eighth, Kyle Busch, who we touched on in ninth. And here's another driver we have not talked about yet and it is eric jones what do you think about him um i think mcdowell and jones are probably both gonna fall i mean they they have the one lap speed but i don't think they're gonna be able to stick it and stay up there i mean they're to me this race is larson um the toyotas and then maybe like harvick kyle bush guys like that um i just don't i don't i don't I don't see it for track house this week. I don't, I don't, doesn't seem like it came off that good off the truck. Sure. Sure. Okay. And I think that makes sense. Yeah. It'll be interesting. Uh, we were just touching about Eric Jones there. And the one thing I go back to with him, if we think this is going to be more of a tire management type race, we know he's a two time winner at Darlington starting 10th. We know legacy motor club has not really done a whole lot this year. If there's a number out there, maybe three to one or larger for a top 10, you buying that though. Uh, let me see. So Eric Jones last year at the short flat tracks. Uh, so two at Richmond, he was 23rd and 35th gateway. He was seventh. And here's what I'll say about gateway of the tracks last season. Yes. It correlates the most with Phoenix. A hundred percent. Now that was last 100%. season. Um, but yeah, when I ran the numbers, gateway had the highest correlation. Um, Eric, and then he finished 19th in New Hampshire. Um, Mm-hmm. Yep. It's going to be I, close. I agree about Gateway. Kurt Bush said it best last year. He said that was the closest comp when I was able to talk to Chase Briscoe and I was asking him directly, hey, what track comps the most uh, to Phoenix? He said Gateway 100%. So the driver element, whether it's style, shifting, whatever it is, they believe that that is the closest track comp. So that's interesting that you said about Eric Jones, seventh, uh, some of his stats there. Is there anybody else that we haven't talked about that you want to touch on? Maybe somebody lurking in the weeds or uh, maybe somebody people should be keeping an eye on. Because like we said earlier, going back to the very beginning element of the show, people missed out on Kyle Larson, nine to one. There were some opportunities to even get that live. So for those people that missed on that and are not interested in investing in Larson, although has the fastest car, is there anybody else that you recommend people maybe look to start building their card going into Sunday? I really like the Chris Busher top 10. I know I said that earlier. Um, yep, that's good. He didn't race Gateway last year, but otherwise he was either in the top 10 or knocking right on the door. Um, yep. I just, I just like that. I think it's a good match for him. Um, Mm -hmm. Other guys like, let me see here. Let's look if there's anything interesting. I I really like Denny Hamlin. I I, I think he's, I think it's Larson Hamlin, Bell, Truex. And then, like I said, Harvick, Kyle Busch. Um, I think that's how it's going to be. Probably Byron's in that last group. I I just think Larson's going to give us a stinker tomorrow. I, I found it interesting that no one spun in practice or qualifying. Mm -hmm. So uh, I'm not hopeful for a lot of cautions. I think it's going to be the Kyle Larson show. Um, I would put the Penske guys in that last group. Also, I think it's Larson versus Larson and Hamlin. I think are the top dogs tomorrow with bell and Truex right behind them. 
Yeah, uh, Hamlin's a good call out, and he's somebody I'm not currently invested in, but by by the time this show posts, I probably will be. Uh, Larson in practice, the commentary around his team. Now, again, guys, uh, a great handicapping tool that NASCAR gives us on their website is to use their scanner capabilities. If you're on the PC, it's free. If you're on the phone, you got to pay for it uh, during the race. They do allow it during practice uh, where you can listen to it for free. That's a good tool to understand what teams are are saying as you're looking at lap times. And the five car was saying how super smooth the car was. They were able to use multiple lines. They had limited handling issues where everybody else was talking about that right rear tire, you know, whether it was chatter, it was loose it was just not comfortable wasn't able to get drive off so that five team had something right out of the gate that was super fast we saw that in qualifying one of the teams you also mentioned about denny hamlin he and jgr i keep going back to them for whatever reason because their long run speed but for whatever their car the toyotas somehow can get through the turns so much better uh, and it seems a little bit more on throttle where other teams are kind of backing off. I found that interesting. I don't know if you found any tidbits uh, from practice or qualifying that you want to call out. Um, the, the only thing I didn't, it sucks when they get two sets of tires in uh, practice because you don't know when they put the new ones on. So you really can't get a good read. Um, that's a little different, but uh, here we want to talk about practice. Kyle Larson, first overall, first in one lap, first in five lap, 10. 15, 20, 25, 30. Um, he's the fast in every category. Uh, I just, if you don't don't have a Larson plus 900 ticket, you're in trouble. Why, why even show up then tomorrow, right? For these guys. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, all the statistics you just rattled off. Variance always happens. I mean, yep. as last week's showed us the, the late caution comes out and you can lose. Mm-hmm. It, it happens all the time. And you just have NASCAR is an enter. They're in the entertainment business. They don't care mm-hmm. if we win our bets or not. They care if they have an exciting finish. So if anything happens in those last five laps, they will be quick on the caution. They yep. want entertainment. I, I think we saw that last week when Eric Almarola backed in, literally touched it. Uh, I don't believe the reports I heard, there was no debris scattered. So it was one of those things, get everybody bunched back up. And again, I'll go back to the first point. I said, I believe we could see that then this Sunday where that qual- or that uh, restart zone now a little bit larger, going to bunch some guys up and people can take advantage. We've seen it in the championship race in the fall. We saw it in the ARCA race as well on Friday night where, you know, the third place guy gets down there and the first place guy tries to block it, spins out wrecks and all that. So uh, any other notes, Zach, that you want to leave us with uh, anything else we should be paying attention to? I think the notes and the things that you've called out mm-hmm. have been fantastic. Anywhere else you want to go before we head out? Uh, just to touch on the restart. I think the leader is at a highly disadvantage if he picks the inside. Um, as we saw today, John Hunter got below the Liela line before the start finish line got a penalty. Um, I don't know how you block whoever's in the inside of row two if you can't move to the inside because they're already moving before you hit the line. So they're on your inside. So, I mean, Sammy Smith had a good car today, so he was fine. But if the cars are a lot closer, um, it's going to be it's going to be nuts. I, I absolutely agree. I think some of that race restart data, I think is very good. What do you uh, what do you build? What do you put on your, your site? I know you have a, a link to the Google Drive on your uh, Twitter account. Do you put any of that data in there for the people listening to go look at it all? Um, I it's like again, it's like the pit stops. It's a tiebreaker. 
Um, to me, it's all, I mean, I, so here, we'll just, I'll, I'll go through like the top five of my model and I would tell you who I think is a good restarter. Blaney, no. Logano, yes. Um, I, I, the stats say no, I, I guess, according to that website, but if there's two laps left and we're getting the green flag and Joe Logano's in the top three, uh, he, he's probably going to come off the second corner with the lead. Um, he's going to take it. Uh, Bell, I would put in the middle. He's not really aggressive or not aggressive. Harvick's probably not aggressive. And then Hamlin and Reddick and Byron are aggressive. There was um, one name you didn't say that I was surprised. What about Chastain? Pretty aggressive uh, from what I believe. Yeah, he's 10th. He's Chastain. Tenth. Yeah, he, he's aggressive. Suarez is aggressive. Um, yeah. They are some of the most, the whole track house team is aggressive. You know, they, yeah, that's their model. They bring that swagger. Yeah. yeah. They bring that swagger to it. Go over one more time the top five in order, one through five uh, of that statistic in your model. Overall, Blaney, Logano, Larson, Bell, Harvick. Um, awesome. If you, I, I think Harvick's under like eight and a half. If you can get Harvick at like 10 to one, I would take that. Yeah. That's a good, that's a good call out. Currently, you know, we've talked about it a little bit and I believe I mentioned it here. Uh, Kevin Harvick, 19 straight. Yes. 19 straight top 10 finishes at one track to not have any issues or have an issue come back and still finish top 10 remarkable what that team's been able to do. This obviously has been one of his best tracks and you mentioned uh, some of his pricing. If you can go grab it right now, Kevin Harvick is available uh, more or less at the 10 to one price. There is a nine to one that's on FanDuel, So make sure you can shop around, but at BetMGM, uh, Barstool, DraftKings, et cetera, they have him at 10 to one. You're saying buy that number. Yeah. Um, if you don't have Larson, get Harvick. How about that? I mean, if mm-hmm. you have a Larson ticket, you're sitting pretty. Um, I have a Larson, Hamlin, and Turex ticket. So I'm not really Perfect. looking to invest in any other winners at the moment. Uh, I, I'm a live bet junkie. So I will be mm-hmm. watching the laps tomorrow. And if we get like a 40 to 50 lap run to start the race, I'm going to know who's fast on the long run right away. And I'm going to hit that person. I like that. We saw that last week with Alex Bowman, how quick he was. Obviously, Tyler Reddick came up through the field. So definitely an element to be paying attention to. Zach, give everybody uh, where they can best support you on a day-to-day, week-to-week basis. Plug your handles a little bit. Yeah, you can uh, just support me on my Twitter account, uh, Highline Betting. Uh, I post everything on there. Uh, I have a Google Drive link in my um, pinned message where you can find just raw data if you want the raw lap speed from practice you want the raw lap speed from the race um that's all in there i think i have my pit stop stuff in there also too so you can just take a look at all that and you know anything you want to see or anything else that you think you might be missing or can't find just reach out and i'll help put you in the right direction Awesome. Well, I appreciate you joining me as always doing this is always a lot of fun post-practice qualifying. I think there's a lot of value in finding some of this data and going over it. So I'm glad that we get to do that together. Best way to support me guys on a day-to-day week-to-week basis is at Derek Yoder underscore on Twitter. Also follow the all things go podcast on Google podcasts, uh, Spotify and Apple as well. And also the NASCAR betting preview show podcast on Apple, Spotify and Google Interact with me on Twitter as much as you like. We love talking with the different community members, getting everybody ready to handicap whatever event it is. Zach, I know you're looking forward to the race. I am as well. So everybody have a great rest of your day. Enjoy uh, the race at Phoenix. We'll catch you next time for Atlanta. You